rise again. Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever and whoever believes and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Father, help us as we study. One of the most difficult things to deal with is physical death. Death is something that we all have to wrestle with in our life. Last I checked, the death ratio is one per person. Every one of us at some point is going to have to give an account and we have to confront death unless Jesus comes. I know some of you are saying, I hope I get raptured out of here so I won't have to experience that. Well, I'm sure there will be a special group that will. But we don't know when that is going to happen. But all of us have to deal with this concept of death. For many, death is the finality of things. I hate, one of the things I hate going to is, I do hate going to funerals. We had the opportunity to speak at some, and uh, I hate everything that has to do with death. I hate it. But for me and you, who are believers, we understand that death for us is really the entranceway into eternal life. So then, that means that you and I live in perpetual hope. That's why the Bible says that we don't sorrow as others who have no hope. But we rejoice in the fact that when Jesus got up from the grave, he validated, God validated that this is the way to salvation. How many know that the resurrection, it distinguishes us from every other religion, faith, whatever you want to call it. The resurrection of Christ is a historical fact. And so because of what Christ did, we don't walk around sad like everybody else. We're excited because we know that God made a way for us. Not just a way in terms of paying your bills and putting food on your table and all that's important, but he made a real way for me because, because of what he did, I can have everlasting joy, Amen. everlasting peace, everlasting comfort, which, by the way, is what every person is seeking. And the only place you're going to find it is in Christ. And so Jesus said it this way, in this world, we're going to have trouble. How many of you have trouble in this world? How many of you going through trouble? Jesus says, for those who love him, but you can be of good cheer because I've overcome. And that overcome means that he also overcame, overcame death the Bible, the scripture said, I love this verse in 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 55. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? If you know Jesus this morning, you ought to be excited. There's no, real, there's no death for us. 
Jesus says, because I live, you will live. And we will live forever. Which brings us to this story. A fascinating story about Lazarus. Uh, Jesus had a very, very close relationship with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. This story takes place in a small village, town called Bethany. Uh, Jesus was uh, friends with Mary and Martha. You remember the story when Jesus came to visit uh, Mary and Martha one time, and, and Martha was busy about her cleaning. Y'all remember that? Some of you who read the Bible. So Jesus had a very, Jesus loved them. He had a very, very close relationship with them, but Lazarus died. And when, when Lazarus died, um, you know, they sent word to Jesus who we estimate was about 20 miles or so away. They sent word to him saying, Jesus, you need to come back very, very quickly because he whom you love is sick. See, Jesus, you need to get here before he died. You, you have to come, Jesus, because the one that you love, Lazarus, he is sick unto death. As we read the story, we see that Martha, Mary, and Lazarus was obviously well-beloved because there was a lot of people that were comforting them. There was a lot of people that was hanging around. And so finally, instead of Jesus breaking his neck to get there, Jesus decided to hang out for a couple of more days. He doesn't come right away. He waits for a couple of days. And so, so when he comes, he comes into an atmosphere that is charged with hopelessness. Charged with doubt. Charged with, with unbelief. And in some ways, indifference because some people are wondering if this man who opened the eyes of the blind, he opened the eyes of the blind, how can he, he just keep this from happening? How, how many know that there's a lot of things that happen that God cannot allow to happen, but he choose to allow it to happen? You know what I'm talking about. So I'm sure that there were some folk there that were looking at Jesus like, oh, now you show up. Oh, now you're going to come and you want to have, you want to come and, I mean, at this point, Jesus, it's too late. Lazarus is already dead. Y'all tracking with me. Now let's look at, I want to look at some insights from this story that I think will help all of us as we explore this. If we look at verse number four in the Gospel of John, in chapter number 11, verse 4, it says, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. I want to tell you this morning that if you are a believer, the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11 talks about how the Lord says, I have a plan for your life. One of the things that we rejoice to know about as believers is that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. So then nothing in our life just happened. You've got, you got to settle that in your spirit. That there is nothing in your life we don't believe in chance. We as Christians, we don't believe in luck. There is purpose and what you're going through. Now, sometimes what frustrates us is that we don't always know what that purpose is, right? God, God, can you please explain to me why I have to deal with the situation that I'm dealing with right now? Yes, please, God. 
God, why is it, God, that, that I've been praying, I've been, I've been fasting, Lord, and I believe in you, I've been believing you, Lord, why do I have to go through this? Jesus had an interesting reply when he said Lazarus was sick. He says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Okay. There are some things that you're going to go through in life that God has handpicked you to go through because he wants to get glory out of your life. Here's the thing. See, we don't like it. We say, if I ask every one of you, how many of you want to be anointed? How many of you want the favor of God? How many of you want to go deep, go long with God? Everybody will say, yes, me. Sometimes, some, listen, watch this. God oftentimes will anoint certain people to endure some very difficult things so that he can get glory out of your life. We're wrestling, trying to get out of stuff. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Lord, I want to get out of this. This is too hard. And God is saying, I've had you here because I'm going to make something out of your life. I'm doing, you said you wanted to please me. You said you wanted me to use you. This sickness is not unto death, but that the glory of God may be manifest. The second point, watch. Although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he delayed two extra days. Okay, look at that verse 6. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place that he was. He stayed two more places. He stayed two more days. Look at verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. But Lord, if you love me, where are you at? You just said you love me. Then Jesus, he was about a day's journey away. Well, you got the word. Why didn't you come running? Because you said you love me. If you love me, God, why are you delaying? How many of you ever felt like God is just delaying some things? How many of you have ever felt like God didn't care? I mean, honestly. You're going through a problem, you're going through a situation, and you wonder to yourself, because if God really cared, I wouldn't have to go through this. How many of you have ever thought that? And some of your theology, you have been taught in error that life is supposed to be a bed of roses if you know Jesus. That you are exempt from the trials and problems and situations of this world. Uh, alert, that's not true. You read your Bible, some of the greatest people of faith, they struggled. They endured. They had to go through hardship. And we read about them in the Bible. And we look at them. But when you look at their life, man, they endured some stuff. Jesus delayed. And when he delayed, sometimes it, it, it seems like that he doesn't care. It's kind of like we think about this issue of praying. You know, you know, God loves to make us wait. You know why sometimes I believe that we don't like to pray like we should, like we should, like we should. It's because we live in a in a in a society that everybody wants everything very, very fast, and God don't operate that way. 
Because God is more interested in a relationship with you than just giving you what you want. God is not going to ever be your bellhop. He's never going to come to you. What do you want today? Boom, give you what you want and you're off. So what does God do? He lets you pray. He lets you learn how to dialogue with him. He, he lets you have to sweat it out a little bit. Because he's interested in the relationship. How many of you have been praying and believing God for something for a number of months, and then when God finally came through, you just got so excited. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, thank you, Lord, for what you did for me. But see, if Jesus just gave us stuff quick, fast, and in a hurry, we wouldn't have no relationship with him. You ever thought that Jesus just want to talk with you? Jesus just want to love you. He don't want you to just come to him and, and, and just, Lord, just give me, give me, give me. He says, I want you. When will the church come to a place where we're satisfied with Jesus? That's a whole new sermon series, Satisfied. Is Jesus enough? Jesus makes us wait because he wants us to know him. Next point. Jesus, <laughs> on purpose, everybody say on purpose. on purpose, waited for Lazarus to die. Now, I want that to sink in your spirit. Jesus on purpose waited for Lazarus to die. Because when he got the word, he stayed back two more days. As if to say, I really want to make sure that he is dead when I get yes, there. Yes. <laughs> he waited. Okay. There are some things in your life some miracles in your life never happen because first, before they happen, you have to die. Yes, Lord. A lot of times, Jesus don't show up in our life the way we want him to show up because there's some things that have to die. Yes, Lord. Sometimes the biggest hindrance to your blessing is you. Yes. Jesus is waiting. See, a person can't get saved until they what? Die. As a Christian, Many of the times we're not anointed as we would like to be because we still keep resurrecting old things. Well, I'm still struggling with forgiveness. I'm still, I, 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 I'm still angry. I'm still dealing with lust. I'm still dealing with pride. And a lot of times Jesus won't show up until we die. Uh, he wants to do a miracle in our life, but there are some things that first has to die. If you want a miracle, there has to be a need for a miracle. That's right. So Lazarus had to what? Die. If Lazarus wouldn't have died, we wouldn't be talking about it today. Because y'all already, we already fast forward. You know the end of the story. But, th but, but think about it. Our life, think about it. We, we, we talk about this is This is amazing how some of these young people come out of seminary. And, and they struggle a lot of time because they really have no experience. You see, you, see, you got to, as a believer, you, you got to sacrifice. This, see, the salvation is free, but the anointing will cost you something. Salvation is free, but the anointing will cost you. When I say anointing, we're talking about the blessing of God. 
See, the anointing is conditional. How many know you just can't walk with God any old kind of way and think God is just going to bless you? Are you tracking with me? It doesn't work. We just can't disobey God and think, okay, God, God is going to just bless me. He's a God of grace. I mean, we have to endure some things. We have to sacrifice. We have to be willing to die to some things. If we want to experience life in Jesus. So what is it in your life that has to die? Let's be honest with God. Perhaps God is making a ministry out of your life. Can you imagine Lazarus? Lazarus, he died. But I'd imagine if Lazarus is here today and everybody knew what happened to Lazarus. And Lazarus said, look, I'm going to start a church. And, And Lazarus stood behind a pulpit and he preached and he said, you know what? I was dead for four days. Let me tell you what happened. How many know people be running to hear him? You know why? Because he had to go through something. He had to sacrifice something. And if you want the blessing of God, you're going to have to sacrifice something. Amen. Sacrifice, that's an ugly word. But you're going to have to be willing to give up something. Lazarus, it cost him his life. But if we really want to impact a generation, we must be willing to say, Lord, whatever you want to do with my life, do it. Because I want you to make a ministry out of my life. How do we know Lazarus got a ministry now? Because he has experienced something. He has been raised from the dead. That's why people who haven't experienced anything, they can't talk much with me. I say that, I say that with all humility. Because there's something about a life that has walked the faith. See, it is sit back and preach and people get us, oh Lord, let me preach and tell you about Jesus, but you haven't went through anything. You don't know what it's like to suffer. You don't know what it's like to have to believe God for years and for months and fast and pray and it don't and nothing happen. You don't know what that means. But you want to preach. What have you lived? But boy, you give me somebody that can stand up. Who can say, here's what I gave up. Some things happen. I'm like, let me tell you what happened to me. I'm all ears. Because I can look at your life. I mean, the Apostle Paul had a ministry. But why was he anointed? The Apostle Paul went through some stuff. Paul got to a point. He said, I just want to know him. I just want to know him. The fellowship of his suffering. Fellowship of his suffering? Are you kidding me? How many of you want a fellowship with suffering? I didn't think I'd get any amens on that. In verses number 21 through 22 in verse 32, you hear Mary and Martha make references to Lord. If you had only been here. <laughs> Lord, if you had only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. In fact, Mary initially, she, she stayed in the house and Martha went out to greet him. And she says the same words to Jesus. She says, Lord, uh, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And she had a little bit more faith in her sister because she says, but I believe even now that whatever you ask of God, he'll do it. But Mary, she stayed in the house initially and then eventually uh, when Jesus called for her, she came out. And when she rushed to Jesus, Mary first said, she says to Jesus, if, if you only had been here, 
God, if you only had been here and answered my prayer, my mother wouldn't have died. God, if you had only been here, I wouldn't have lost my house. God, if you had been here, this problem wouldn't have happened to me. Where were you? If only you had been here, Jesus, this wouldn't have happened. But what she did not understand, and what we must realize understand, that Jesus never left her. Jesus knew exactly what was happening, did he not? He understood because the Bible says when he got word, he stayed back two more days. So Jesus was well aware, and I, he, he want me to tell you this morning, he is well aware of what you're going through. Everybody in here got some problem on some level, and don't you ever let the devil tell you that God has taken a vacation on you. He has not taken a vacation on you. God knows what you're going through. Because he said, I stayed back two more days. And maybe the reason why God haven't moved yet, because he is performing, he's about to perform a miracle in your life. Amen. Maybe that's why there's a delay. Because God wants to do something marvelous in his life, in your life. This is where we live, right? Lord, if you've only been here. As if to say to Jesus, well, you're too late because you weren't here like when you were supposed to be. Um, now you can't do anything about it. Y'all understand that's what they're saying. You understand that, right? When they ask the question, if you had only been here, they're really saying, Lord, it's too late now. But when you're talking about the Alpha and the Omega, when you're talking about one that said that nobody take my life, I lay it down. I bring it up when I get ready to. When he told Pilate, he said, you have no power over me. You have nothing over me unless it was given to you. You're doing what you're doing because I'm allowing you to do it. We talk about that kind of power. I was surmised that there's nothing too hard for the Lord. See, that's what the resurrection is all about. And, and, so, and so, watch this. And so, 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 so we hear that in verses 25 through 26. Watch this. Martha said to him, Lord, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus didn't dispute that. But watch what he says. Listen to this. Jesus said to her, I am resurrection <laughs> and the life let me I don't think y'all get that because y'all should be jumping up right about now okay Jesus did not say he had to try to figure out and pray the resurrection or that he's coming in the spirit of the resurrection he, he's saying I am the resurrection and the life it originated with me it's kind of like when I'm sporting with my wife you know, I sport with my wife every now and then. And she'll say to me, she'll say, Pastor Bailey, I'm going to call the police on you. And, and I say to her, well, baby, what are you going to do? Because I am the law. Y'all, for those who don't know, I'm a policeman. And, and I say, I am the law, baby. And when I'm really saying it in kind of a corrupt way, I can, make, I can do what I want. It's kind of a bad example. I thought you'd get that. But what, what Jesus was really saying was this. Now, he was really saying with this. 
Because I am the resurrection and the life, I can resurrect stuff whenever I want to. I can change the rules. Because Martha was thinking, yeah, I know it's going to happen at the last day. But Jesus said, but you got to say, I'm here now. He said, I'm going to do this right now because I am the resurrection and the life. I don't have to wait till the last day. I can raise you up. I mean, no, Jesus didn't hang out at four No, he didn't. Because he's full of life. He says, I am the resurrection and life. And that's why you and I ought to be excited. That's why we rejoice. We're not worried. We don't fear death because we serve the resurrected Savior. And, 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 and whenever, whenever he wants, whenever he gets ready to, he can do some stuff. Yes, he can. He can raise up some dead things. And he can raise up some dead people that you know, which we all should be praying about. He says, I am the resurrection of life. Now watch this. It says over here in Hebrews, in, in, uh, in verse number 35, watch this. This is one of the shortest verses in the Bible. Jesus goes over to see. They point him out where Lazarus was, and the Bible says Jesus wept. Why would Jesus cry? Why does he cry? Because um, he knew what he was going to do, right? There's many theories about it. Some theologians believe that Jesus was just angry because of their unbelief. I tend not to believe that. I tend to believe that Jesus wept because he don't like death no more than he you and I like it. Death is painful. The Bible says that we have a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know, when we're going through pain, God, Jesus cries with us. Did you ever think of that? He saw Lazarus dead and he started to cry. He cares about you. He cares about what you feel inside. Don't never let anything tell you differently. He loves you. So Jesus goes to the tomb and he, he weeps. He cries. And they say, well, look, obviously he loved this man. And then they start criticizing him. I mean, Jesus, you, you, you're crying, but you could have stopped this. I mean, why you, I mean, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Jesus can change things and he can switch things around if he chose to do so. Somebody can close this door for me, please. But what we must realize is that there's a greater purpose in what God is doing. There is a greater purpose in what the master is doing than what you see in front of you. And so watch. Look at verse number 39 through 41. Jesus says, take away the stone, Martha, the sister of whom, I'm sorry, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench. For he has been dead four days. Okay, can we do me? Okay, here's what we need to do. We need to, guys back there, we need to hold off because it's, we're, getting, we're distracting. Thank you, I'm sorry. And listen, I want everybody to listen. Listen to what he's saying right here. He said, take away the stone. 
take away the stone. And she says, Martha said, Lord, but it's been, it's been four days and he stink. <laughs> How many of you know that when Jesus shows up, that uh, if we're going to get delivered, we got to roll away the stone? And behind that stone, that stone kind of represents that which separates us from God. And all of us got some stinky stuff. A stench. And some of us, we spend a lot of time trying to hide our stench. We don't want nobody to smell it. We don't want nobody to see our stuff. And so we come to church. We say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, all the while. <laughs> we stink inside. But you will never get delivered until you come clean with Jesus. You will never, ever get delivered until you come to a place where you say, Lord, here's where I am. I've got attitude problems. I've got all these kind of issues. Brother, sister, pray for me. I need deliverance. So when Jesus shows up, he wants us to roll away the stone. Because when the stone gets rolled away, now, Jesus can deal with it. How many know you can't change yourself? What's stinking and rotten with you? You, can, you ever talk to people who say, well, I'm going to wait till I get right with God and then I'll, I'm going to start doing some things better. Uh, I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to go to church every so often and I'm just going to be a better person. Then I'll get saved. You can't save yourself and you can't get better by yourself. You just have to roll away the stone and open up your heart and let Jesus clean you up. You can't clean yourself up. I, I, I remember thinking that myself before I got saved because you know, I, I grew up in church. And, you know, all of us who grew up in church, we have some point of reference. We, we think, you know, how things are supposed to be. And so, okay, so since I'm not like this or that, then, then you know, I'm not ready yet. You got to come as you are. Roll away the stone and let Jesus in. Because on the other side of the stone is a miracle. Now watch. This is, this, is, this is marvelous. In verse 43 and 44, we're almost done. Then when, when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Jesus, Lazarus, come forth! And I heard an old preacher one time say that, you know, and I don't know, I, wouldn't, I don't know how true this is, but I thought it sounded neat. He says, if Jesus didn't call his name, then everybody would have got up. He, he had to call him out, because, you know, he is resurrection. Uh, I thought that'd be worth saying, but um, where, we, where are we? In verse 43, he said, when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. When did that brother get free? He got free. First of all, when Jesus called him. Lazarus, come forth. If you don't know Jesus this morning, he's calling you. John, come forth. Mary, come forth. Susan, come forth. Jeremiah, come forth. It's not until you come forth that the grave clothes will begin to fall off and the chains will fall and you will get free. 
He said, come forth. Come forth. See, sometimes what would happen, and if you're a believer today, God is talking to you too. Because some of us need to come out of some stuff. Amen. You know, some of us got some things that we're dealing with and we need to come out of it so that the chains can fall off and we can get free. How many of you want to be free? When I say free, I'm talking about free of sin. Free of unrighteousness. I mean, a pure and a holy life. Come forth. The Bible says he which was bound, he got free. Jesus wanted to free you today. The Bible says if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Just roll away the stone today. Watch this. Roll away the stone and say, Jesus, I'm a mess. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're listening this morning, you know exactly what the Holy Spirit is saying to you this morning. He is calling you. He is calling you to come forth. Perhaps you came this morning, you're thinking you just came to another service. You didn't just come to another service. You came to meet Jesus. There have been some people here that have been praying for you. And if you're listening this morning, and you know in your heart that if you die today, you have no idea where you would end up. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly to the full and overflowing. This is serious business. Nobody's talking, nobody's moving. We're just looking at Jesus. This is serious business. He says, today if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. He wants to give you a great life. I love you, you know as well as I know that, that this life is full of disappointment. It is full of hurt. It is full of pain. But Jesus said, I came to give you life. And like he spoke to Lazarus, he speaks to you this morning. Come forth. He's saying he wants to deliver you. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you life everlasting. If you don't know Jesus this morning, please don't leave this place. Please, I beg you. You don't know what will happen to your life the moment you leave. I beg you, give your life to Jesus today. You say, Pastor, what do I do? What do, I do? How do I do that? You just roll away the stone and just raise your hand and say, Lord, I need you. I need you to fix it. I need you to make it right. I'm tired of trying to do this thing on my own. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of trying to figure it out on my own. I need you this morning, Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand. You know you're not right with Jesus today. I see that hand back there. Hallelujah. Is there another one? Is there another one? Saints are praying. I'm tired. I'm ready to give it over to Jesus. You're ready to roll away the stone. You hear Jesus is calling you. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. We want to pray with you. This is just not about just another service. This is about the resurrection. This is about your life. Every one of us is going to have to give an account. You're going to die one day, and you better know him. You better know him. You better know him. You better know him. Is there another to say, Pastor, I don't know him. I don't know him, I, and, I, and I'm not right. Just slip your hand, please. One more. One more. I, just, I just sense there's another person. I just, want, I just want to give you the opportunity to publicly confess your need for Jesus this morning. All he want to do is deliver you. That's all he want to do. He just want to deliver you and give you a great life. That's all he wants to do. Is there another? Is there another?
Amen. I'm going to ask the young man that raised his hand to come up. Brother, can you come up? Come on, give him a hand. He raised his hand. Come on, you can do better than that. The Bible says there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. Today is your day. We, I want you to look out. These folks have been praying for you. Jesus died for you. If you'd have been the only person on the planet, he would have came for you. There's been a stench. There's been something back there that's just been holding you back. But today, your deliverance is going to happen. Because Jesus saves. He loves you. Your life will never, ever be the same. And so what you're doing this morning, you're giving your life to Jesus. You're saying that I no longer want to follow my own way of doing things. Is that right? You're saying this morning that I want to turn my life over to him. I want to live for him. Is that what you want to do this morning? Amen. Let's, let's stretch your hands up. Let's lift your hands. Lift your hands. Both your hands. This is an act of surrender. When you lift your hands, it's an act of surrender. You're saying, Lord, I surrender to you. Saints, I want you to pray with me. This is a beautiful thing. I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your son. Thank you for the resurrection. I give you my life. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of trying to figure it out on my own. I need your help. I'm not going to make it. Please help me. Save me, Jesus. Wash me in your blood. I'm committing my life to you. I'm turning away from the old life. And I'm turning to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Use me for your glory. I'm your son now. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give him praise, saints. Bless you, brother. Amen. We got a couple of people that will assist you. Can you assist? Sister Diva, they're going to share with you. Come on, give God a praise. If you're washing the blood this morning and, and, and you know that God is calling you out of some stuff because there's a life that Jesus wanted to give all of us and y'all know it's a beautiful life if you're a Christian today you know it's a beautiful life but maybe there's something in your life as a believer that's been holding you back and you know what it is you don't need nobody else to say anything you already know in your heart if you're seeking you know there's something that's holding me back I want to encourage you to say Lord just like the young the man did there so, Lord, I'm rolling away the stone. And God, today, Lord, I want to be free. I want to be free. If that's you, slip your hand. I just want to pray with you right where you are. You just need to be free of something. I see that one hand. You just need to be free. You just need to be free. Father, I thank you for that one hand, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that she desires to be free, Lord. Free her up, Lord. Set her free in Jesus' name. Let her know the greatness of your love. Bless her. And Father, bless your people, we pray. In the name of Jesus.
Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. And while you do, give God a praise. Amen. <laughs>